the teaching tonight is continuing the teaching on the Eucharist and participation the most hiddenness of Jesus' life in the Eucharist and his sacred heart, participation in the groans of Christ. One of the last teachings of our Lord in the section on the Eucharist as we get to the end is number 52. And the Lord says, Form my hidden martyrs. He says, You must form my hidden martyrs of love. For God the Father is using them to fulfill his plan of salvation during these decisive times. So in this first sentence, the Lord is giving us a mission. First, we must be formed as his hidden martyrs of love. And then we have the mission to help form others. And the Lord continues. Live your hidden life as one with me in my hidden life in the Eucharist. And you will grow in the power of God, which is love. This is the hidden force that will sweep through the face of the world to conquer Satan's darkness. The Eucharist is the power of God in the world. And God desires to make you living hosts. I'd like to focus on one sentence right now of this message from the Lord. And the sentence is, live your hidden life as one with me in my hidden life in the Eucharist. We have all learned that through the situations, problems, places, and people, in each moment of our lives, we are able to participate in Jesus' hidden life in the Eucharist. By trusting, by trusting and abandoning ourselves to his will. In section 4D of your path, Participation in the groans of the sacred heart. Jesus invites us to enter the intimacy of his groans. Number 77 in that section of the past says this. The Lord says to us, Can you hear my groans? that come forth from the depth of my crucified heart, the groans of my agony of love. Listen to my groans of love. This question is an invitation from the Lord to bring us deeper into his sacred heart. Jesus asks us to listen to his groans. So what are those groans? 
how can we hear them? Are they actually audible? In today's gospel, Matthew 13, verse 13, it says, Jesus says, they look but do not see and hear but do not listen or understand. Entering the groans of our Lord is also a process. First, the Lord taught us in the path to unite our wounds to his, mm -hmm. our pain to his, our tears to his, to suffer all with him as one in his sacrifice of love. This simple process, because it's simple, brings us to know the pain of our Lord and through his pain to know personally his love. You can compare this process to the transformation of the caterpillar into the butterfly. The caterpillar is constrained to seeing life around him to just the tiny space it lives in. He can't see very far nor hear very much either. That is similar to us as we live our lives constrained in our wounds. Inside the dark pit of our wound, our sight is clouded and our hearing limited. We can't seem to see beyond self. Our world is all centered on self. Yet, when we enter Jesus's wounds, it is as the caterpillar entering the cocoon. Through his wounds, we are immersed into the cocoon of his sacred heart. And just as the caterpillar is not conscious of the transformation taking place, we too cannot fully perceive the subtle work of the spirit transforming our minds, sight, hearing, and heart. The process of suffering with Christ gradually and unperceivably begins to transform our entire being. We begin to hear and see our own hearts with the eyes of God through the gift of self-knowledge. We begin to perceive our own groans as we wait, like the caterpillar, with patience, trust, and hope for our redemption, our transformation into love. We see our weaknesses, woundedness, sins, misery, 
It's the groans of our souls that desire to be holy, redeemed in the image and likeness of God, participating in the glory of God here on earth. No longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Yet daily, we are confronted with our pride, vanity, and lack of trust in God, who has loved us to the extreme of the cross. My family, these inner groans that express our deepest desire to know God and to know ourselves are actually a grace of God's infinite love for us. Listen carefully to the words of St. Paul in Romans chapter 18. He says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are as nothing compared with the glory to be revealed for us. For creation awaits with eager expectation the revelation of the children of God. For creation was made subject to futility, not of its own accord, but because of the one who subjected it, in hope that creation itself would be set free from slavery to corruption and share in the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that all creation is groaning in labor pain, even until now. And not only that, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we also groan within ourselves as we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Those words are so powerful. It speaks of each of us, of the groans in our hearts. And we're so blessed in this community to be even attentive to these groans in a time where so many people are even so unaware of their own hearts and what's happening in their own hearts. As we unite our groans with the groans of the Holy Spirit, a powerful prayer rises from our hearts the Spirit groans as one with the Father and the Son. He, as our advocate, helps us by interceding for us with the groans of God. Romans 8, 26 through 27 speaks of this. St. Paul says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. So, 
how does the spirit's growing help us in our process of transformation? He gives us the gift of self-knowledge by bringing to the light of our conscience our sin. This week, Father Ron called me and he gave me an early birthday gift. He gave me the book, The Holy Spirit, Fire of Divine Love. And Father Ron told me, Lourdes, I've been pondering chapter three since for a while now, and I want you to read this. Listen carefully what it says. It says, the way the spirit chooses when he wishes to lead us into all truth is through sin. He makes us conscious of our sin. John chapter 16, verse 8 through 9 says, And when he comes, he will convince the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me. Father Wilfred, the author of the book, goes on to say, when the Spirit shows us our sin, it is a work of mercy. Jesus' definition of sin is this, not to believe in him. It is something completely different from what we usually mean by sin. One confesses things that one has done wrong. But for the most part, we do not think of the basic sin, which is not trusting in Jesus. So let's take the readings of the Mass we've been reading from to understand this gift of the Spirit of granting us the grace to know our sin, which is the whole beginning of the path God has given us. The gift of self-knowledge is the gift of coming to know our sin, which is our true lack of trust in God. So let's look at Exodus, chapter 16, verse 1 through 15, that we've read this week. It tells us, the whole Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron because they had nothing to eat. They go as far as to say, if only we had died at the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, as we sat by our kettles of meat and ate our fill of bread. But you have led us into this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of famine. We see their sin of complaining. But as we have learned in Love Crucified, as the Spirit has guided and taught us, what is the root of their complaining? It's the lack of trust in God. 
in that difficult situation in the desert, which God was permitting, they forgot all the ways God had been taking care of them and didn't trust that he would continue providing for them. But we behave in the exact way as the Israelite community. When hardships and tribulations come, we too forget the many ways God has been with us and taking care of us. And we also do what? Complain. Because we too don't fully trust in God's love for us in every situation. This condition of our fallen humanity is the groan of our hearts. Yet, this groan is pleasing to God because it reveals our repentance and our desire to love God. This deep inner groan of the knowledge of our sin is a gift of the Spirit that ultimately brings us to become love. The Lord in today's Gospel, Matthew 13, goes on to quote Isaiah. Gross is the heart of this people. They will hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and be converted and I heal them. This story of Exodus also reveals the immensity of God's mercy and his eternal waiting and groaning for us. Moses said, approach the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. Abba blessed even their grumbling, as he blesses even our grumbling. We move on. Let's hear the question of the Lord again now. Can you hear my groans that come forth from the depth of my crucified heart? My family, have you begun to perceive the groans of Jesus for you? Mark 8.12 says, Jesus sighed from the depth of his spirit. Jesus' groans express the deepest desire of God's heart for the transformation of each of us into love. His groans express God's passionate love for us, a love so infinite that it can never be expressed in words. Groans that cannot be expressed with words but only with tears. Groans that pour forth compassion and mercy upon every soul. Groans that express the martyrdom of Christ's heart. The groans are the depth 
of Jesus' most hidden suffering in the Eucharist. Jesus goes on to tell us in Matthew 13, but blessed are your eyes because they see. He's speaking to us today to love crucified to each of us. And your ears because you hear. Amen, I say to you. Many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. My family, Jesus longs for each of us to hear his groans of love. Yet that is not enough to quench the thirst of the Lord. It's not enough for us to just hear them. The Lord goes on to ask something of us. He desires for us to enter the intimacy of participating in his groans by drinking from his chalice. He expresses this desire in number 78 of our path in section 4D. I'm not going to read it to you because I'm, in a second I'm going to read to you a testimony in which the mother of the cross that wrote that testimony brings that message in. My family of love crucified, we have been chosen, called by God to enter the most hidden life of Christ. This hidden life is in the depth of his most sacred heart. This hidden life of Christ is the continuation of his agony for souls. The deep suffering of the heart of God cannot be expressed with words, but only in groans. Just as the Lord taught us that we can enter his wounds through our wounds, we can enter his groans through our groans. The shattered and broken lives of those we love the most causes in our hearts a pain so deep that we too cannot express it in words, but only in groans. It is in these moments of our lives that God permits that the Holy Spirit comes to draw us into the groans of Christ. It is then that we can perceive the groans of love, and we are given the opportunity to participate in his groans for the transformation of humanity into love. This must become the work of the every missionary of the cross and mother of the cross. This work of participating in God's suffering of love is the work that produces a hundredfold because it is the work of divine love. Matthew 13, 9. This is the testimony of one of our sisters. She says, Before the Blessed Sacrament today, 
I felt I had nothing but groans within me. What seems like the never-changing self-absorption of those I love. This week was taking a toll on me. Do they think of anything else but worldly things? I had to beg the Lord to forgive me for bringing this stuff before him. I felt like I was wasting his valuable time. Our valuable time with these issues. Not only had I brought it with me in my heart, but then I started to receive a barrage of texts to that effect by a family group text. I open up to number 78 in the path. Living Tabernacle of God. It says, My loving, pulsating heart lives in you as one with you. You feel my sorrow and participate in my groans for the fulfillment of humanity's transformation into love. So I thought, is this why I am feeling this discouragement, sadness, groaning in my heart? Is this, Lord, your chalice being shared with me? The path further reads, you live the sorrows of the heart that is love inasmuch as you allow me to share my chalice with you. It is usually only a sip of one drop until your being acquires the taste of my blood and it loses its bitterness in the divine sweetness of my love. Perhaps this is the work of the Lord, she writes. It appears as my own groan to me, but it is a share of the groan in the heart of my beloved and a means of transforming their hearts into love. You see, the Spirit guided her to understand this. It was through her own groan of her suffering with her family that the Spirit was showing her how to enter the groans of the Lord as he groans also for her and her family. She goes on to write, how did I lose sight of this? Sometimes because we are so close to our families 
and their hearts are so well known by us that we fail to see Jesus in our everyday, very familiar dealings with them. This is such a blindness. Here I realize that I was in danger of being the wrong kind of victim. How easily I can forget all we've learned if I am not attentive to my own heart at every moment. That's very key. It's not that I wasn't bringing this to the Lord, but that I had more hidden sorrow for what was in my heart rather than the Lord's. I was seeking the Lord, but again, my emphasis became too much on me. This is important because this happens to all of us. The tendency of our humanity is always to remain focused and submerged in our own suffering. And that's where we get stuck. The most powerful work of the Spirit in our path for each of us, for the transformation of us as little caterpillars into butterflies, is forgetting ourselves and allowing our focus to become more on Jesus' pain. And then she goes on to write, My daughter, this is from the path, my heart overflows with the sorrows of rejection. Share in my rejection as you share my words and are not ashamed. She writes, rejection. This again is the reason for the groans within me for those I love. If I were to put a name to what is making me so distraught this week, it would be that, how they are constantly making plans and yet have no room for God. Yet, in this awareness about the condition of their hearts, I allowed myself to lose the necessary gaze into the heart of Jesus. Listen carefully, my family. Because here is where we all at some point go wrong. Here, if we are not careful, we will fall into criticism and judgment. We must pray for the grace to see souls through the groans of Jesus. If we see all the souls, especially those closest to us and all that's wrong with them, and we are seeing them through our humanity, we cannot love. And we enter in the spirit of criticism. It is only when we can see them 
through the groans of Jesus that we can then see with love. If we have come to hear the groans of God's love for us, we then can see others through God's groans. And this allows us to see and hear with God's eyes and his understanding, which always moves us to compassion and love. This is what brings me joy, she writes at the end, in the midst of these battles. The fact that the Lord reveals to me what is happening, that he takes the time simply because I am searching to clarify what is transpiring. Unless I take my eyes off the world and gaze up at him, I would remain frustrated with what I see. Why, I add, because we are seen as the caterpillar through our broken glasses and in our very limited humanity. Therefore, my family, we must ask for the grace to see all souls, especially those that are most repulsive to us, through the groans of the Sacred Heart. The only way to live God's compassion and mercy for every soul is to look at everyone through the groans of God's heart. The groans of God see our miseries, our woundedness, our weakness, and he loves us in the depths of his groan. The groans of the Sacred Heart are not critical nor judgmental. And in this teaching, I write a question for you. When we see the disorders, brokenness, sin of others, those we find repulsive, do we enter God's groans or do we criticize, judge vocally or in our hearts? And Sylvia sent me this beautiful quote from the book, The Power of Silence, by Robert Cardinal Sarah. He says, Thus it is important to stay in the presence of the Lord so that he can find us available and introduce us into the great silence within that enables him to become incarnate in us, to transform us into himself. And in this silence, which is not emptiness, but is filled with the Holy Spirit, the soul will be able to hear, rising from his heart like a murmur, Abba, Father. Prayer is successfully being quiet, listening to God, and being able to hear the ineffable moaning of the Holy Spirit who dwells in us and cries out 
silently. My family, we have been called by God to become living hosts, one with the sufferings of Jesus' Eucharistic life. Every mother and missionary of the cross has given their fiat. Therefore, we voluntarily, for the love of Christ, choose to participate in his hidden life of suffering with souls and for souls. This requires one thing from us, trust. A trust rooted in believing God's love for me, that he is walking with me through the desert of my life, providing, guiding, blessing, and protecting me. A trust that more and more moves me to complete abandonment. A trust that can live the difficult storms of life remembering God's providence for me in the past and living the present difficult situation with hope and love knowing that God is with me and working to glorify me in him. And I end with the words of Jesus in Matthew 13 to each of you. Knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been granted to you. But to them it has not been granted. To anyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. From anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. My dear family, God has blessed us in abundance. He's lavished us with graces with the gift of this path. May we continue to thank him every day of our life and enter deeper and deeper into this mysteries that the Holy Spirit is drawing us into. Thank you.